This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Rub your eyes, climb out of the bathtub or the drainage ditch that you woke up in this morning. Find yourself some coffee in Advil because the football is not done yet for Pep Guardiola's Manchester City. It's Tuesday, May 23rd. I'm Adam Booker. I'm Lee Bartley. And I'm Alex Brotherson. And this is the City Report Podcast. Where is going from there? Unbelievable! Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. Name a better bargain than goal machine Erling Haaland for £52 million? Well, Almost everything available on the Discount Dragon website, of course. It's the best place to find all of your favourite household names for affordable prices, with money to be saved on food, drinks, alcohol, household items and even pet products. Move quick and you can grab an extra 5% off all orders using the code CITYPODSAVE. That's 5% off all orders using the code CITYPODSAVE. Limited time only, terms and conditions apply, UK only. Welcome back to the show, gentlemen. I hope you're alive and well after the weekend's festivities. Luke, I'll start with you. How was Sunday? Do you have a bit of a sore head? Um, I was okay. Um, I'm just tired more than anything, I think. I was just a little bit knackered. Um, there was a lad I work with um, who sits in the same block as me. He was a little bit worse for wear when I rang him about two hours ago towards the end of our working day. Um, I think he was flagging a bit. But yeah, great day. Can't really complain, can you, when you see your team lift another title, three in a row. It is a perfect day, really. And also got to meet uh, quite a few of the City Report boys as well. We had a nice little meet up in town, which was great. Um, but yeah, can't fault a day. Yeah, I was, uh, I was very jealous of all the pictures of all of you guys meeting up. I, I was texting my mom during the game and I said, 
if if the podcast ultimately fails and you know tanks by the end of this season, at least I can take some solace in in getting this this group of lads together who now uh, now are all becoming great friends. So, Alex, I'll come to you. Three years in a row now. I know you made it out for for the match and, and the trophy celebration. Does it feel as special three years on? Yeah, I think it, it, in a different way, perhaps. Because obviously, it, it doesn't feel special in the same way that the the sort of more dramatic title wins have felt special. You know, I was lucky enough to be in the stadium on the the last day of last season, and for me, that was that was quite special because I wasn't at the the ninety three twenty back in twenty twelve. So for me, that was my kind of chance to have a. Well, don't know. I don't know if I'd do it again, but a, a sort of a stress-inducing, but ultimately euphoric sort of title win. So this one was different, but you know, it's it's such an incredible achievement, um, football and achievement to win three Premier League titles in a row. You know, everyone will say it's easy and you know it's just money, blah blah blah. But you know, to, the work that goes in every day, and, and we all know this, and City fans all know this, but to see the culmination of all that work and um, that how they turned things around when things looked like they were going badly a few months ago. Um, yeah, it's really special to be there and it was just a great day out. Great to see it and, as Luke said, meet some of the lads and, uh, and yeah, just enjoy an absolutely lovely day in Manchester. Like, really nice weather, shockingly. Although, I don't think City have ever won the league and it's rained, to be honest, has it? Um, yeah, so, yeah. I, was, I was thinking about that. I can't remember. Thinking back to all the final days that were either a trophy celebration or winning it on the final day. I think it's the sun's been shining for all of them, um, which is fantastic. Maybe the, maybe if God is real, he's, he's a city fan. So um, Luke, do you prefer having won it on the Saturday and, and Sunday just kind of being a party or would you have preferred to see, you know, a full strength team come out and win it in front of the fans by, by winning a match? Um, I mean, personally, for me, I would have loved us to win it on that day, but you can't complain. At the end of the day, it was going to be a party regardless. I feel like the city's atmosphere this season, of, especially towards the back end of this year, um, they've just been bouncing. Everyone's in a party mood anyway recently. I feel like we just appreciate the team that much at this moment in time. Like The amount of times that I said, I'm lucky to be here, or I'm lucky to witness this team on over the, over the last few weeks has been like astonishing, really. I'm constantly just talking about how this team is probably going to be one of the best teams ever. And we are all lucky enough to witness it now. And to witness it in the stadium is even better. Um, but it was a bit, it was very jovial atmosphere. Like everybody was just partying from moment one. I didn't see a lot of the second half personally. The goal, I, Alvarez apparently scored. I don't know. It was at my end. I still don't really know. Um, and um, the second half, like everyone was just in a party spirit. I was seeing people I've not seen for a while around every corner. I think I went down minute seventy-eight for the game, ready for the celebrations. But it was it was it was a great day, as I was saying. And I mean, the party atmosphere was in full swing. I'm sure Alex can definitely oblige that as well. Yeah, no, it looked like that, and and uh, you're not the first person to come on the show since since the weekend and say they didn't know what happened in the game. Uh, I, I know Amos and and Ollie Kirsch felt the same way. Um, we won't really touch on the game all that much today. Uh, if you want to hear a little bit about the game, go back and listen to uh, yesterday's episode with with Ali and Amos. We discussed kind of the big picture of City winning the title as well as um, a little bit about that Chelsea game. But we will stick with the title for now. I think that's what everyone's going to want to hear about um, and kind of how we've come to this point. And and we will, we will talk about what comes next later on in the episode. But I do want to do a bit more of reflecting on the Premier League season as a whole and 
I'll come to you, Alex, because it's pretty incredible at the moment how the general footballing world seems to be kind of split on the major major catalyst for this title. Because you know, some will tell you that Arsenal have let it slip, and I won't use the B word because I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, you know, they spent 248 days atop the table, the the most of any top flight English team in the history of English football to to be on top of the table and not win the title. But on the flip side, you know, there'll be loads that'll tell you that Arsenal never stood a chance and, and City are a machine that essentially gives you no quarter. Uh, where do you follow the d- divide here? Is it City won the league? Did Arsenal lose the league or is it a little bit of both? Um, I think as usual, I, I kind of fall in the middle. Um, I mean, I like you, I, I don't like the idea that uh, Arsenal have, have bottled it or or whatever, but I think it kind of detracts a bit from what City have achieved. And okay, this isn't, um, we're not talking about a season where City have got 100 points or got 98, I think it was one of those seasons. Um, so it's there was a good chunk of the season where City weren't really in title winning form. But the, the last few months, they've obviously put together one of those mental runs again. I can't remember what we're on now. Is it 20-something unbeaten in all competitions? Um, and obviously a winning run in the Premier League, which is just incredible achievement. Um, as City fans, we obviously we, we see the sort of factors that go into it that non-supporters don't. So, you know, the, the tactical tweaks, the the working out over the months and the weeks and months that Guardiola had to do to to find the right balance in the team, uh, getting Haaland sort of, you know, getting the team functioning while he's also scoring, um, solving the defensive issues, um, solving the sort of the sad faces uh, problems we had after the World Cup. So, yeah, I think it was a massive achievement to not just to win the title. I think if Arsenal hadn't sort of started dropping points and City had had this run anyway and it proved to be not enough, I think we could all be sit here and obviously we'd be a bit gutted, but it would be a, it would have been a very good end to the season anyway. Um, so then, yes, you do have to acknowledge that if Arsenal were sort of wanted to win the league, you can't have the kind of run they've had in the last few weeks, um, dropping points from winning two goals sort of leads and, and that kind of thing. But, I mean, the start to the season that they had, I think they, did they get 50 points from the first first half of the season? I think it was. So yeah. almost as, not quite full full sort of, full marks, but almost. Um, they were sort of um, outperforming their kind of expected like totals and that kind of thing. So there was always going to be, I think, a bit of a dip. Yes, it's been more and Deslip has a lot, obviously allowed City to win the league three games before the end, but... I think just to say, oh, Arsenal bottled it, it's like they had the chance and they blew it. I think that just detracts a bit from what City have done. Um, and, you know, I don't know, it's hard to judge how much sort of psychology and that goes into it, but it's never going to be easy when, even if you're in a commanding position like Arsenal were, if you see City sort of cranking up the gears and getting into that swing where Arsenal must have just been watching City's performances and seeing the results, thinking like, oh God, they're not, they're just not going to drop any more points now. That must play a role, I think. Maybe not a significant role, but definitely a role for a team that's never won the title with this group of players before. Um, so yeah, I think I think in short, I do f- fall somewhere in the middle. But yeah, I think you have to acknowledge Arsenal's slip, but it definitely wasn't the main factor for me. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree. It's definitely a little bit of both. And I'll come to you, Luke, because Alex mentioned something there, and that's the tactical tweaks that we saw from from Pep throughout the season. And I can't remember a season in the Guardiola era 
at least not a season that looks to be ending so successfully where he had to figure out so much on the fly. I mean, you can go back to the first season where we're seeing, you know, back fives of with Bakary Sanya and Fernandinho playing center back or Kolarov playing center back. And that was just kind of because he didn't have the squad he wanted yet. But it felt like he kind of had the squad he wanted this year, and it still took quite a lot of time to figure it out. And it is pretty astonishing to look back to maybe just after the World Cup when we were seeing you know, a back five with Kyle Walker and Cancelo both playing on the right. And it just felt very, um, very, very stuck together by duct tape um, or sellotape, which I guess is a hot topic in, in the city sphere at the moment. <laughs> um, but I don't remember a season like this where Pep had to figure out so much on the fly and still got it so right in the end. It's fascinating, uh, especially when you're looking back at how drastic it's changed around so quickly for us. I remember watching the Southampton game, and we spoke about it in the group chat quite a bit recently, and we were so poor. That's what the worst City performance I've seen in years. I'd probably say five years. We were awfully bad. And then to go from there and then to just go on that amazing unbeaten run, and we just looked unstoppable at times. And there was so often points of the season where we looked a bit devoid of ideas. Like we were we were playing possession football, but we weren't being deadly at all. And we had a guy up front scoring 20 goals and we still didn't really look a threat to a lot of teams. It was it was amazing. I just feel like Pep he's it's little tactical changes for me where sometimes when a team comes out and you look at a team sheet and you'll go, Oh, why has he done that? And then 120 minutes later you're going that's why he did that. He knows better than 99% of the City fans. He he just understands the game to a different level than any manager I've seen before. The way he can constantly rotate, constantly keep people fresh, but also keep people engaged, I think is a testament to him as a manager and him as a person as well. Like Everyone loves him. The players love him. The staff love him. The fans love him. And I feel like he he's really good at gathering that respect and the way that he views the game, like you see a lot of jealousy towards him, I tend to find from certain journalists in the media. I know you like to talk about your black book. Um, booker. I mean, we've all got a little black book, haven't we, of certain journalists within the media world who like to slate. And it's just, he's, he inspired, he's, he's inspired a generation. I'll say it out loud. Like I feel like he has. That We're playing fullbacks in centre mid. John Stones has played centre mid for about three months of the year. Manuel Akanji, who was the fourth choice Dortmund centre half, has come in and he's now one of the best in the world. Rico Lewis has come in this season and he—I don't think I've seen him give the ball away yet. And I've watched him all year. It's—it's it's just fascinating everything. And the, the one point I really wanted to end on was Southampton, who probably been ideally the worst team in the league this year, I think personally. And they have had the biggest hand on the title race with ultimately beating us to, was it 2-0 in the Carabao Cup, really invigorating our season. But also what they did to Arsenal, drawing at the Emirates, has really took the wind out of their sails, really. So it's fascinating that the worst team in the league probably had the biggest say in the, in the title race in the end. Yeah, it, it is a funny one. Um, Alex, we'll stick with the tactical side because, again, it, it feels like a very unique season as far as the Pep era, because when you look back at, at all the successes, the domestic treble, the Centurion season, those were very much seasons in which it felt like 
the players we expected to lead us to success led us to success. You know, the Centurion season, you had Raheem Sterling, Leroy Sané, the front three with with them and Aguero, that was phenomenal. And, and obviously Fernandinho and David Silva and KDB in midfield. And, you know, those are the players you expect to lead you to titles. Whereas this year, it feels like this season more than ever, there's a lot more of the unsung heroes. You're Nathan Ake's, who maybe is player of the season. And and yes, Holland gets 50-odd goals and, and you know, he's kind of the superstar of the team. But Jack Grealish, I don't think anybody expected Jack Grealish to come on this this well. I mean, there were plenty of people, me included, who said he's going to get much better than than what we were seeing last season. But for him to come in and be almost undroppable, Luke mentioned Manuel Akanji, um, Rico Lewis, players like that, that if you kind of wrote down a, a one to five of the players that are going to really push you on towards a title at the beginning of the season, most of the most of the five in your head probably don't come into the five that we could write down right now. So it it really is astonishing to see how many of these these more unsung heroes there were this season more than others. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it's it, it's mad, really. It seems that it seems odd to say that there's been lots of kind of. I don't know if redemption is the right word, but kind of comeback stories for a team that has just won its third title in a row. But say we've had the odd ones over the years, so you know, 17, 18, when Otamendi was really good after not being very good. And then obviously he reverted to his sort of natural state. But we had the, the year Fabian Delph uh, came in from the cold and played at left back when we really needed him to. You know, you've had the John Stones um, having that exceptional 2020-2021 season with Ruben Diaz. But then this season, there's been so many. There's been Stones again. There's been um, Akanji and Ake, like you say. It's There's been Grealish kind of proving, maybe not proving City fans wrong, maybe some, but obviously the new, even neutrals now have to accept that he is, has been worth it and he's been played, playing really well for the last few months. Um, and yeah, it's just, uh, there just, just seem to be so many little individual stories that, Again, I guess in the wider sort of football sphere, they don't really get picked out because people just see that City have won the title and they're a great football team and that's that. But you don't necessarily, unless you watch City every week or you're a fan, you don't really see that, you know, the the way that John Stones has not just forced his way back into the team, but also adapted to a new role. How Rico Lewis helped in changing City's season around, you know, showing almost what well, Guardiola said, he basically showed players that are over 10 years older than him, John Stones and Walker, how to invert into midfield, which is just amazing. I've never heard of anything like that. An academy player who 12 months ago lifted the under-18s Premier League title and then on Sunday lifted the actual Premier League title after making his debut, scoring on his full Champions League debut, um, playing five games in a row in January and then also teaching two England internationals who have played in a World Cup semi-final and a Euros final how to play his position. It's well, just pretty incredible, it, really. <laughs> it's interesting uh, you say that because obviously I was sat watching at home and, and you were either at the ground or in town, so you wouldn't have seen this. But on, on City's YouTube channel, when they were doing a live stream of, of the trophy celebration, um, one of the members of the kind of pitch side team interviewing players, the name is absolutely escaping me now, but it was Rico Lewis's uh, manager when he was at, at the EDS. The name is escaping me, but... They had they had Rico over for an interview and he was talking about the role he played and 
And he just kind of started having this conversation with his former EDS manager. And he said, when was the last time you played there? And he said, oh, it was my, my final game playing for you. And they kind of were discussing the, the tactics of the role and how he was able to mold it to playing at, you know, in a league, the speed of the Premier League. And it's just incredible to see. And this, uh, this has to go down to Pep Guardiola that even you've got youth team coaches coming on and being able to speak to the first team players and for them to all be on the same page with with Pep and Enzo Maresca and, and Rodolfo Burrell and, and all these guys who, you know, have been instilling this in these players. And I'm sure if you pulled up, you know, a nine-year-old from City's Academy, they'd probably be able to join in in the same discussions. And it's just astonishing to see this culture and this identity and this and this style of play seeping all the way down throughout the club. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I think... I think the Rico Lewis story is probably my favourite, to be honest. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, it's just that that's the that's the trick, really, isn't it? It's it's the culture and it, even not the culture, it's just this understanding, this streamlined kind of understanding of how to play football the way that Guardiola wants, and it, it just goes throughout the whole club. And you know, obviously, I think well, it it, it doesn't really bear thinking about a day Guardiola won't be at City but obviously it's going to happen one day but you kind of feel yes there might be a bit of a drop off at some point I can't imagine anyone else having the same kind of hold on things as he does but if they want to keep going down that style of play I know we're going a bit off off track here but it's it's all set up sort of perfectly really isn't it you've got you've got the kids coming through knowing already what to do it's we're not going to have more seasons or too many I don't think where you know you're not going to have to teach a fullback how to how to come in because they already know how to do that because they will have been trained since they were like nine or whatever, which is clearly what's happened with Rico Lewis. Um, so yeah, it's pretty remarkable and just another that's another element of the story, I guess. Just the the sort of the technical brilliance that isn't just being bought with money; it's being taught from a from a young age. And I think this is just the culmination. Uh, seeing things like that, and you know, as fans, we always want to see more local sort of. We love we love the stars that are playing for them. We love. Um, Every city player is basically an adopted Mancunian after a while, but I think it's always nice when a when a local ad like like Rico or or Phil Foden sort of um, has a success. Um, so yeah, it'd be it'd be great to see more more of that going down the line. Uh, obviously, we've had Palmer and Foden and and Rico Lewis, but uh, hopefully, there's more to come. All right, that'll do for part one. We'll be back in a moment to talk about what comes next. A big thank you to our sponsor, Discount Dragon. The best place to find bargains as good as Julian Alvarez with food, drink and household products all available for affordable prices. If you want to make even more savings on the big brands at better value, you can get an extra 5% off all orders using the code CITYPODSAVE. That's 5% off all orders with the code CITYPODSAVE. Limited time only, terms and conditions apply, UK only. Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your home for daily Manchester City coverage. If you haven't already, go back, listen to yesterday's episode where we discussed more of the big picture of the title race, the turning moments, uh, turning points in the season that that led City to this point. Uh, before we move on, please hit subscribe, hit follow, leave a comment, leave a rating, leave a review. Let us know what you think of the show. That is the best way for us to get it out to more blues like you. Luke, I'll come to you first, and we'll kind of take a, a step back and look at the bigger picture here. And when you look at the bench on Saturday, and obviously uh, 
or on Sunday, sorry, much was made about you know the the cost of the players on the bench, which makes sense when you rest your starting eleven. Um, but on the bench, you had John Stones, Erling Holland, Rodri, Kevin De Bruyne, Ruben Diaz, Ilkay Gundogan, Jack Grealish, Bernardo Silva, and Ederson. Not too shabby of a bench, um, but it begs the question: How does Pep and the squad? handle the next few weeks because obviously we've got Brighton tomorrow uh we've got Brentford away at the weekend and then you've obviously got the two big cup finals how do you strike that balance of keeping the rhythm in the first team and keeping them rested preserving them from from injuries um but you know ensuring that they don't sit there and go cold do you start the starters and play them 60 minutes? Do we see what we did at the weekend where they come on after 60 minutes? Um, what do you think is kind of the best way to go about keeping the rhythm through a period of kind of meaningless games until you get to early June? I mean, you need to keep the players fresh. You need to keep them on the ball and getting ready for the, the finals, which is it's ultimately the end goal. I feel like I'm a big Marvel fan myself. I feel like we're in like a middle of a phase five sort of. We all know what's going to happen. We've seen the films that have been announced. We know it's all leading to a moment. We're just getting through the filler. Um, and that's what it feels like to be a City fan at this moment in time. But if there's one manager in the world I trust is Pep to get us through this time. Um, if I'm being honest, I, I don't think we're going to come through it unscathed. I feel like there's, there's going to be an injury or two that's going to pop up. That's just normal. But we can't be scared and just constantly be playing the second team because then people will start to get a bit lackadaisical maybe. Sometimes it's good to keep people fresh. I know that Pep really likes to do that. He likes to keep playing players. He likes to keep the rhythm going. He likes to make sure. Because at the end of the day, form is, form is everything in football. And we are the most informed team in the world by far. So why not keep that form going? There isn't too many games until these finals, I suppose. But with, with, with us all leading to the goal, I, I can't see Pep making a huge amount of changes, especially, especially sort of tactically as well. I feel like we're just going to keep going, keep winning. And ultimately, I think Pep just wants to win every game he plays. I don't think he sees a game as a filler game. I think he's, I, I genuinely believe that team he put out on Saturday uh, against Chelsea, or, or Sunday, sorry, I genuinely believed he 100% knew we were winning that game. I feel like he just had faith in every one of them players and he knew that we were going to beat Chelsea regardless anyway. So that's why he was happy to switch it up and give some of the backup teams um, a bit of a way there. We'll way back into the team, hopefully to try and prove their shot. Yeah, I think I think I probably agree that, you know, there's gonna be there's gonna be sort of niggles or injuries along the way. I'd be shocked if there's absolutely no issues between now and uh and now in the, the FA Cup final on, on June the 3rd. But I think it's almost, yeah, it's just about striking the balance in it because you, you, I don't I don't think we'll see a team like we saw against Chelsea again, to be honest. Um, or my preference would be to maybe leave a few of the short starters out on Wednesday and then get them back in for Brentford and rest some of the other short starters. Because um, in a way, I think you just want I mean, Guardiola said it a lot of times in sort of recent press conferences. When you get to this stage of the season, yes, everyone's knackered because the schedule is just so relentless, especially when you're in all the competitions. But, you know, the, the adrenaline of playing every three days just sort of keeps you going. And let's not forget, like, there is a week between the FA Cup final and, 
and the Champions League final. So that that's that's going to be a rare kind of long stretch of recovery for the players. Um, they've not had like a midweek off for quite a while. So um, I wouldn't be, I'd be shocked if he does many sort of like big rotations again. Like I don't think we'll see Calvin Phillips start again, to be honest. I think he'll want to get, Rodri's had a day off or, well, most of a game off. Um, but he needs that rhythm. And I think that's probably more important at this stage, you know, they're near the end now. The summer holidays, relaxing for a couple of weeks are on. You know they can all see it coming over the horizon. I think it'll, it's just a case of knuckling down and and getting through it. Now, obviously, if a player goes to Pep and he's like, "Yeah, boss, I just absolutely, I'm dead. I need a rest." Then that's the time that you you give someone a rest. But I don't think we'll see much rotation in the next few games, and I'd be a bit worried if we if we did because. There was that, um, was it 2021 where, yeah, where the, the title was wrapped up even earlier than it has been this time. And there was that run of games towards the end, like the Chelsea loss in the league, losing at Brighton after Cancelo was sent off, where they sort of lost a little bit of momentum, I felt. Um, so I think Guardiola will be keen to, to not have a repeat of that. It's interesting you bring that up, Alex, because I, I was thinking about this earlier and I made this same, same comparison on... Um, on yesterday's episode to to the NFL, the the team that that finishes first in their division, the NFL, they get they get one extra week of rest before the playoffs. They get a bye week, and that team often falls flat on their face in the first round of the playoffs because they had that extra week. And the team that had to play more games to get to that point is still in the mood. They still have the adrenaline running from you know qualifying for the playoffs, whatever. Is there a sense, Luke, that if you do keep rotating and maybe? If we don't see the full strength eleven that we saw against Real Madrid and Bayern, and and even in that Everton game, is there a sense that if you don't keep that team playing, they fall out of that rhythm together? They maybe lose a bit of the chemistry, or is it just too well oiled of a machine at this point that somebody like Bernardo Silva can not play on the right for three months and come straight back in and, and do the job? Or do you have to keep that momentum going a little bit by playing them? 60 70 minutes in the positions and in the setup that they'll be playing in in the cup finals yeah i I just think in general with majority sports i'm a big sports fan myself i watch a lot of other sports apart from football as well and it's the same in every sport you need to keep consistency you need to keep playing um it's very easy for to say oh this player is one of the best in the world he's had two months off but you should watch straight back into the team well no he shouldn't he should slowly work back into the team even if Kevin De Bruyne had two months out, he'd probably come in and he'd have a couple of games where he'd look a bit off. That's just natural. It's natural as an athlete for that to happen, really. Like Usain Bolt would probably, if, if, if he comes back running, he's never going to run a world record time every race. He has to build up to it all, all the time. So I feel like with certain, with certain our players as well, like we've, like John Stones, for example, he's very much a form player. I've seen him have dips in form as well. And at the moment, he's the best centre-half in the world. Um, and same with Rodri. Rodri's another one. He has to just keep ticking over constantly. I'm I'm certain at this moment in time, Rodri's asking to play because there's no way you can play a man as much as Pep has been playing Rodri and him not want to be there playing every single minute. I feel like Rodri's just saying, play me, boss, play me, just play me constantly. Um, but yeah, it's all about striking that fine line. And I, I can see a lot of consistency within our team selection within the next few weeks. And I'm hoping... It'll stand us in good stead, ready for the final, ultimately. Absolutely. That will do for today. We will be back tomorrow to have a bit more of an in-depth look at that Brighton game. Uh, Before we get out of here, leave a rating, leave a review. 
let us know how you feel about the show. As I said, that is the best way for us to get the show out to more blues like you. Alex, thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. I've enjoyed it. Luke, thank you. Pleasure as always, guys. Thank you very much. Until next time, see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.